TUF Masterpiece Theater presents Jabrovsky, Private Eye. was a dark and stormy night. The kind of a night that makes Alessandro Nesta pay $750,000 for an NASL holding midfielder. He walked into my office in a cold sweat. Now I'd seen men like this before. Men who had lost everything. Men who'd had the fear of God stamped deep into them like a boot into the shin from Julius James. I can't find them, Jeb. I've looked everywhere. The first thing I noticed was the distinguished southern drawl of a man who'd been in the legal profession. He'd seen things, he said. And I could tell he'd written even more. But nothing like this. After I'd poured him some bourbon, he told me the real story. Eleven men. Gone. Vanished. Into the Carolina night. They were just gone, Jeb. The league's best team. I, I, I can't find them. They were supposed to play Fort Lauderdale, but they weren't there. Where are the Railhawks? Ah, yes. Even more rare than the Maltese Falcon. The beloved Railhawk. A bird that chases... locomotives. Like a dog chases legs. We talked and I told him that I wanted to help. And I really did. But I was already on a case. It's hard to say no, particularly to a distinguished man with a lot to lose, but I needed to find that pasta. I wanted that pasta. I had to have it. It had become an all-consuming obsession, making me mad like Freddy Adu chasing playing time in Tampa. This was no time to leave the case of the missing hot dish. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to Toughcast by Two United Fans. This is not, and this is Jeff, and staying alive with 55. Dude, you killed that Jabrowski, man. I don't know how I got the falsetto after that. Oh, I just wanted to open up a, a bottle of scotch, light up like eight cigarettes, and then wear fedoras for the rest of the night. You know, I'll let you do two of the three. <laughs> I'm not big on Team Fedora, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Neither am I, actually. Neither am I. Uh, you, you know what? The the thing in that we referenced, though, Alessandro Nesta paying an absurd amount of money. In fact, $750,000. American. Right. It's actually true. Because mm-hmm. uh, the Jacksonville Armada sent over Richie Ryan on a trade to Miami FC for essentially uh, a king's ransom. And I believe, I believe I know the person who broke that story. Who was it? Who was it? I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, that was you. You broke that story on NorthernPitch.com before everybody else in the entire world. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting being able to talk about this one. Um, kind of surprising. I mean, especially with the timing of it. Very surprising. He was man of the match against OKC. <laughs> and he was their captain, too. Right. Right. And they're five games in. Did Miami have a bye already? So then if they did, they're four games in. Or five or six. That's right. Now we're to the point where we're just over halfway. So to be making a transfer when it's not even between seasons. Right. And the season's gone. For them, yeah. Yeah. Well, I for mean, both teams. They're in 10th and 11th right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess you can try to rescue the like playoff position in in third or fourth, but I, I, I think. I mean, Miami, I guess, was in shambles, but Jacksonville did not need a change right now. Even if they can, they can use this this money, (laughs) use this money to to acquire three or four good players. It's not right, and that's that. That has to be the logic behind it. There were there were certain things that needed to be done in Jacksonville. I know that they need a striker, and from my sources, they're actively looking for strikers right now. And we've talked at length that they need a goalkeeper. And we'll talk about that a little they, bit later. I cannot believe that they still are... Gallardo made another mistake this week. He did, yeah. <laughs> and instead, what do they do? They split the difference on the pitch, and they get a central midfielder. Weehoo! Right. Um, yeah, I don't quite understand. Or they, they get rid of their central midfielder. Right. So now their entire spine is weak. Miami, meanwhile, they needed leadership. You they know, that's probably the big, They need everything, but they certainly need an example to follow in that locker room. And I think they're right. getting that with Richie Ryan. True, and and they just gave away Marzalem. We just heard that he had been let go. There aren't too many details, but it was posted by Juan Arango, who doesn't play for the New York. The Cosmos. other, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I'd, I'd completely forgotten about Marzalem, to be honest. Yeah, people had like hyped him up, like Serie A champion, Palermo, Lazio, like this and that, you right. know, like, and and now he's gone. What four, six games into the season? Yep. Yeah, big whoop. Um, so, so that's, I mean, the Empire of Soccer actually rounded out just a little bit more detail in the Richie Ryan story by saying that his wages are also extremely high and they go up every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So this is a blockbuster record-breaking deal for the NASL, essentially. It is. Yeah, we haven't seen a deal within two, within the league, between two league teams that's gotten this high as far as pure transfer fee, which is 750000 But then we're looking at twenty to 25000 a week. This might be, I mean, I've seen a few commentators say that even MLS might not have something that beats this. Between the two teams? Or between two teams in the league? I'd have to look into MLS and look at that. I mean, like, obviously the big profile moves are going to be DP moves. Right. I I don't think this counted, like, designated players. Of course. And, yeah, Uh, you're right, because that's not And this probably also didn't count the, like, monetary value of Mom's Gams, uh... Tammy McIndavire, and uh, Mm. draft picks, and other slots and things... Um, Other sluts and things. Uh, I, I should say, I'm writing an article about this, about uh, Kay Kamara getting traded for Gam Tam draft picks and international thoughts. Go look for my opinion piece. Hopefully, I'll have guessed, sneaked it past the editors at Northern Pitch tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, I, I, Sometimes I get moved to, to get things off my chest, and this was one where I saw something. I was like, all right, I need to write about this. And I did. So, so there you go. Uh, Zlatan. He is cometh. And it's not going to be Zlatampa either. <laughs> Zlalexi? Yeah, it's tough, but we're going to have to work on it. Los Angeles. Los Angeles, Ibra Alexi. Ibra Angeles. We'll work on it. But yeah, it sounds like within a matter of hours. I thought we already knew that Zlatan was going to leave PSG. Didn't he say that like this winter? He did. He did. And the surprising thing is this is a guy, and we were talking about this before we went on, that he could walk into any squad in the Premier League. He would start for Manchester United. Right. He'd have, I mean, a pretty decent shot of starting at Barcelona and Real Madrid too, I mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in at least half their games. And this if is not every, yeah. Right. So it's kind of insane that he's decided. I mean, he's old. That There is that. He is kind of 
in that stage where he'd be considered old. But I think it's... he wants to be an actor, and I'm not kidding about that. I think he actually, <laughs> I think I'd heard that he wants to star in movies, and that was, he'd need to be in L.A. He, he did actually come to America, like, what was it, six years? He came to America. Uh, six six <laughs> months ago, he was in America yeah. doing some sort of acting work yeah. in a commercial or something. So that actually makes a lot of sense, because then if he wants to have some more mainstream appeal, meet some people. I mean, that would be a really smart decision on his part. And people are talking about how it sounds like he was going to go to the Galaxy, I'm wondering, this is just spitballing, but I'm wondering if he'll have a one-year deal somewhere else and then come to LAFC in 2018. Mm. That would make sense, to be their marquee signing for Will Ferrell's co-owned franchise. So. That would make sense. I, I will say this, though. Um, he is on the discovery left for the Philadelphia Union. That's right. Which, uh, you know, those of you who know the um, MLS bureaucracy know then that Then teach us, because no one else understands the MLS bureaucracy. Essentially, a discovery list is a team saying, tips. <laughs> it has nothing to do with discovering anybody in the in the sense that most people think about. It literally means, oh, hey, we want that guy. If any other team now signs him, they have to pay us for him. Right. It's essentially a way for MLS teams to cut down on the amount of like negotiations and bidding. So that so now the union has placed Zlatan on their discovery list. Another team going after him has a cost to pay right. the union. Yeah. Now, the problem is these discovery lists aren't posted anywhere. Apparently, they only last one year. So it's kind of like a really arbitrary, weird, vague thing that nobody really knows. And we ran into a major problem with that this last offseason when DC United had discovery claims on Antonio Nocerino, who ended up going to Orlando. Right. And the league ordered Orlando to stop pursuing Nocerino. And then there's also something with the Red Bulls putting Minnesota's Miguel Ibarra on their discovery list. Yep. Um, anyway, so the point is, there was a guy who was leaving, uh, what's what the Union Stadium called? <laughs> Uh, Union Stadium. We're just going to call it We're that. we call now. it Unionburg. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Unionburg. Uh, so there was a guy leaving Unionburg and he like walked by apparently some like front office windows and there was literally a whiteboard with like six players and their photos. And of course, with Zlatan, they had the one with him in the like little Opta statistics bra or whatever that bra that the players wear is. And with like big words like discovery list. Like I honestly expected this whiteboard to say like kill list or like evil plans and like laid out like... Um, all the, like, Nick Sakavich's little plans of, like, taking over the world. Oh, good times. Yeah. Right. And get whacked by Peter Nowak. Um, I'm pretty sure, now I'm thinking about it, PPL Park? Yeah, sure. I think uh, it's uh, PPL Park. Yeah, uh, it's it's called uh, Philadelphia Berg, Providence Berg, um, Berg L Berg. Park. Berg, 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 Berg. All right. Um, we also had the U.S. Open Cup draw happen this morning as we're recording on a Thursday. And uh, a lot of home games for NASL teams this year. Eight, in fact. Yep. But and aren't there nine from America who are going to be thrown in? Right. Minnesota United is the one team who doesn't have a home game. We'll be playing either away in Cleveland, which rocks according to Drew Carey, <laughs> and the President of the United States, and uh, St. Louis, which has the worst commentary team in the entire country for soccer verified. So that'll Bias be nice. last year. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly it's gonna be a midweek game, but I might have to call in sick just to go to this game so I don't have to listen to that atrocious commentary. I already asked off work for Wednesday. Did you? So I'm not sure if I'm gonna travel, but I'm definitely gonna be watching it. But I'm upset because I don't understand what is the, the rhyme or reason? Because if it's a coin flip, how did it go eight and then not the ninth? I don't. Was it a coin flip that decided? No, I don't because I, mean, I don't know how they do. I mean, if it, if it was a decision, I can. I mean, see the logic. Actually, I mean, I'm pretty sure Minnesota United's happy about this. I mean, it's no fun to travel away, but hosting a midweek game at Nessie, which attendance is probably going to be weak. You know, it's it's going to not as much broadcast. All this stuff. I mean, there's 
there's a lot of work involved and not a lot of payoff for a home game against a USL team. Now, if an MLS team was coming, that'd be a little different. Right. You don't want to give up the rights to that. So, I, I don't know. Okay. But, anyway. Um, we have... Uh, what? What's, what's this next piece? I don't want About Rio? Yeah. Uh, they were relegated to USL. <laughs> no, Rio Vallecano in Spain is going to be uh, relegated to Segunda. Well, good. That frees up more money for them to invest in Rio OKC, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they can put some flesh on Sam Ross's bones. Yeah, I bet I bet they're feeling great about that. I would imagine. Right. Um, there's also a, a story about Atlanta being back in the NASL. Uh, because the, uh, Bill Peterson, NASL Commissioner Bill Peterson, was in Atlanta to meet with the kind of owners of this new sporting complex in Atlanta. Got photographed. Actually, I believe went on the record saying that it, they're they're talking about a franchise. And the one thing I will say about this, first of all, great. Mm-hmm. I have no complaints about this. The one thing I will say about this that concerns me is that there, there's been some talk about this franchise being called the Atlanta Chiefs. This is an old school NASL franchise that had a Native American with his headdress, a silhouette, so not kind of a, a atrociously offensive portrayal, mm-hmm. but still, it was a Native American themed team. Now, some people have come and said, well, it's respectful, so I don't see the problem. And I'm like, okay, let's for the moment assume that it's okay to use Native Americans as mascots despite this country's atrocious record of treating Native Americans horribly, blah, blah, blah. Let's set all of that atrocious stuff aside and say, all right, the NASL deals with this respectfully. Can you trust soccer fans who are in Atlanta, by the way, and in other places like the 1894 year old school in San Jose? Can you expect them to treat this team with respect and not put up some really offensive TFO about Native Americans right. being genocidally killed by Americans? Sure. I know you're absolutely right. I mean, that's a that's a lot of responsibility and pressure, which is bizarre to think that naming a team with a certain name has a responsibility and a pressure for its fans across the league and not just this team. Right. And, and it does. And, and you can't. This is a PR minefield for the NASL. And I really hope that they decided against it because, yeah, it's a, it's an old school name, blah, blah, blah. But please don't. This is a bad, bad, bad idea. Like, it'll get pressed for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you get the next one. Sure. Uh, sounds like the San Francisco Deltas have announced their first sorority president. Um, <laughs> and that will be... You no, know, the first general manager is Brazilian executive Jose Carlos Brunoro, um, uh-huh. who has a lot of experience working in the 80s. He went to Palmeiras in Brazil and helped kind of rebuild that franchise and then moved over to um, I believe he went to another team in Brazil then to Uruguay then to Boca Juniors in Argentina and I want to say the other team was Benfica yeah it is Benfica in here and some Formula One I'm seeing in Mm -hmm. the little graphic yeah and I think he actually played Olympic volleyball and got a silver medal in the 84 Olympics what so that's nice okay Uh, I guess if there's a, they decide to do a Top Gun homage volleyball video like Minnesota United did the Deltas yeah you can play it yeah it uh, makes sense. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, they, they're... I hear Brazilian sports executives have the best volleyball bods. Uh, we'll find out soon. Um, but I guess he did scout Roberto Carlos. Oh, well, who hasn't scouted a player of Roberto? I was at the pitch the other day and I said, that was that guy. He's going to be the next um, Rivaldo. Ah, well, he scouted him so too. So I'm as good as this guy. He scouted Rivaldo as well. a similarly great male body. 
So there you go. Uh-huh. Anyway, right. uh, moving along, we actually have matches again to talk about. This is still new to me. Why aren't we talking just about signings and making jokes and moving along? We Do, you miss it? Results. Do you miss what we used to have? Jeff, it was beautiful. It was. It was Once fun. Time. It was great, but we were reckless. We were. We needed to settle down. We made, we made commitments we weren't ready for. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're in a better place now. It's more stable this way. It's less fun. Are you but- sure, Jeff? Because I've had other feelings. I'm not sure. I've had feelings I can't explain and I need to explore. Okay, moving along. This guy went to a weird place, don't you I think? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minnesota traveled to their uh, heated rivals. Oh, hate them. Mm, Fury. Oh, they make me so angry. Uh, what? There was some article put out by the Ottawa Fury where they were like, Minnesota United are our rivals. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah. Yeah. And then in the post game, like in the highlights for Ottawa, they were talking about, oh, rivalry with Minnesota United ends in 2-2 draw. So, so Stuart was here last week, right? And he um, told us essentially this quote-unquote rivalry comes from the fact that, A, we defeated Ottawa in their first ever game as a franchise. <laughs> uh, and also last year when we got that like last-second winner. Oh, and Mendez oh, scored the free kick. Right. It, he went and celebrated in front of the Ottawa fans. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they really don't, don't like um, us. All right. But but it's not a rivalry. Because, and, and I think Alex Schieferdecker said it best where he essentially said something to the combination of, because we like you guys. so And they beat us more than we beat them last year. Yeah, and harder. Right. Because semifinals. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, sorry, Ottawa pals. Like, we don't hate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a fun game. Good for you. Anyway, this game ended 2-2. 4,317 people watching it. Um goals scored by in order christian ramirez then um well let's talk about the goals one by one huh so ramirez it was off of a corner kick it was headed over by jabrowski um who knocked it right in front of jeff as if he was like okay it it looked like because there's like a scrum in the center Mm -hmm. box and it honestly looked like the team's game plan was christian's gonna drift a little bit whoever gets it just head it that direction (laughs) and we'll see and uh ended up a really tough angle scoring it past Pazer. He just turned around. He did that thing that he did essentially kind of a little bit like he did with his first ever goal for Minnesota where he turned around and just booted it in that, although this far less distance than when he scored against yes. the Scorpions. But great goal. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Brovsky, Jabrowski PI, was um, involved in the next goal where Marcel Dion sent a long ball. Jabrowski tried to deflect it away instead deflected it straight into the goal. Yeah. Uh, tough break. Uh, tough that break. wouldn't have been in the net. At first, I mean, it kind of looked like the shot might have been on frame, but it looked like a cross. So really, really tough angle, but there's nothing that he could have done to miss yeah. that. Uh, Spies' goal was essentially a good cross from Venegas. Mm-hmm. scored it. Um, you also have, finally at the end, Sammy Najok. Oh, God, there was a ball that was coming, bounced at the end, was going out really high. He jumped to try to get it and it essentially prevented the ball from going over the line. This was in stoppage time. Ball hits his hands, falls right at the feet of Paolo Jr., who boots it to Mr. Deong and um, scores. Definitely a Sammy mistake. I have to say, Sammy kept us in the game a few times. Yes, he did. So I'm inclined to give him a bit of slack. Yeah. For one mistake. Yes. Um, notable mistake. Timing of it was certainly notable, but he had a lot of key saves, good reflex saves that kept the team in the game. Right? And in a uh, cream-colored jersey. And yes, in the cream colored jersey. I I believe Eric Clapton saw it and thought, hmm, I should name a band after that. And I believe Macho Man talked about how cream rises to the top. Rises to the top. 
Oh yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And had many cups of little creamer in his pockets. Well, there you go. Uh, right. Johnny Steele, Mr. Minnesota himself, uh, worked captain. pretty hard. He, uh, he he missed a sitter. He did miss a sitter. And he also uh, knocked Venegas down really hard and then got away without a card. Which, by the way, the referee in this game was the man of the match for me. Um, just was wonderful for Ottawa. Did a great job influencing this game. I really found that on the pitch there weren't too many people who were as wonderful as this referee was to the to the result. Because he had this incredible way of basically guarding our guys for fouls, letting Ottawa players off the hook, not calling Ottawa fouls. And I know bagging referees is a is an easy thing to do. And yep. and but in this game it was really egregious. He lost control of the game. It basically became a free for all. And he was only calling fouls one way. Like, it gets a free-for-all and you call fouls both ways, whatever. You lost control, fine. But mm-hmm. this was, like, really one-sided. And I'm sure we'll have a referee who's one-sided towards us, but that doesn't make this easier to swallow for me. Sure. Um, as far as result itself, I... It felt like a loss. I mean, yeah. the, it didn't feel like a draw because it seemed like a game we should have won. That said... Dropping the two points is bad, but I it's it's far too early to hit the panic button. Oh yeah, no, I'm yeah. I'm not ready to and do that. This this yeah. was two mistakes. Yes, one that they couldn't control, and one that was partly influenced by turf. Right. Yeah. So I'm 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 okay saying that this is something that we we can sleep through. By the way, predictions we don't need to bother with this whole week because we just had the same predictions for all the games. Thanks, Nog. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah they'll keep going. I think they'll be able to build momentum, especially because their their next opponent, Jacksonville, just lost at home against Rio. And lost their captain. Oh, uh, captain, their captain. Right. Uh, 0-1 was the result. Robbie Finley scored the one goal. Uh, our friend, Mr. Miguel Gallardo, came out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I forget who the defender was, but essentially this ball was coming Poor towards... Guy. Towards the defender and uh, Robbie Finley, who were both going up for it. And the defenders, like, Jackson defenders, like, oh, I've got this ball. It's right here. I've got it. It's going to be great. I am... I'm, it was Taylor Ruthwin. And, and Gallardo decides, no, I'm going to come for the ball. And basically runs straight into the Jacksonville player, allowing Finley to get to the ball, who knocks yep. it in. Yeah, that poor defender was on the ground for, like, 30 seconds after the hit as they're, like, celebrating the goal. You just see him, like, fuck. Like just his head hurt. He just doesn't know who to trust anymore. Questioning the meaning of life. Just it it all unraveled for that poor boy. He, he's that just, he's right now like off in Tibet with the Dalai Lama, trying to like understand the Probably. meaning of like, going to be heading what, over to Cambodia for a little sabbatical. What is with Gallardo? Tell me, tell me, Your Excellency, why Gallardo? Why does Jackson will keep him? Like, because we should do that, and, and that the, might be the only explanation and then available. The Dalai Lama will shrug. And that's it. <laughs> that's all. Man, a few words. You, you know, I had a great sketch in college. Um, it was uh, these two people are going through a mall, and then I come on stage, and they're like, the dialogue is, oh, we're lost. I don't know where we are. And they're like, oh, there's Buddha. And then they walk over to me, and they're like, hey, Buddha, where are we? And I like do like a hand gesture. I'm like, you are here. And they're like, <laughs> God damn it, Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that made me think about that. Uh, by the way, uh, this. The commentators who were the BN commentators were throwing shade at the NYCFC pitch at Yankee Field or Yankee Stadium. What's it called? Uh, uh, Yankee in, Stadium. I, I got to pull the Indian card again and say that <laughs> Americans probably know this. But <laughs> Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium yeah. And they were saying that it's like slow and mushy, whereas um, this baseball pitch is much more crisp. Um, 
thought take I'd throw that out. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. on a broadcast. It's, you're getting shade on a broadcast that like six thousand people watched. Yeah, <laughs> um, five changes for Jacksonville, including Junior Sandoval. Wasn't expecting that to happen, but I guess it was there was a midweek game, so they had to kind of rest some people. Um, initially, OKC was the better team, but the game kind of opened up in the middle of the first half. There were lots of shots flying in, and yeah, I mean, it was it took a mistake from Gallardo to let OKC through. Pretty much. But you know that he wants to make sure goals are scored so that fans can go to the games. Exactly. Enjoy. So, Ruth, uh, selfless performance. On the other side, by the way, um, Daniel Fernandez continues to impress. Last year when Scorpions got him halfway through the season, he kind of turned things around just a tiny bit as much as you could. And also, Ryo parks the bus like champions. So, Which, good for you guys. Yeah. Good for you. Alan... Mourinho Cena. Nice. There you go. I thought very that was nice. very clever. Which is what is that the act of like doing an entire roster overhaul overhaul at a baggage claim? <laughs> is that Mourinho Cena ball? <laughs> oh god. Either way uh, you get fired after a year, so whatever. Way. <laughs> Uh, Carolina versus Fort Lauderdale Strikers, which is the most shocking result of this entire year so far, and maybe for quite a while in the NASL. Yeah, I was baffled. What was uh, We were losing it on Twitter. We didn't understand what was happening. I think my tweet was, yeah, I knew this would be a 3-0 blowout. Wait, Fort Lauderdale's winning? Right. Uh, you know, last understand. year... La- Last week when we were talking about can the English Leicester City win, winning the Premier League yeah. happen in America? This is that. Well, no. I w- yes. <laughs> yes, it is. You're right. It absolutely – no. That would be like if this year's Lauderdale team ended up winning MLS Cup. <laughs> that would be Leicester. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. Suddenly, like, Nana had a Cora, had a goal and an assist, a gentleman's brace. Um, Nunez had two assists. It was just like everyone was just having a good time. By 38 minutes, they're up three zero in Carolina. I didn't understand it. Seriously, they went up really quick, and and it's funny how three of the goals in this game, including the one that uh, Carolina scored, were all kind of very similar. Where the ball goes in for a cross from the right, and it's knocked in from someone who's right in the center of the box. So, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shriver's header was kind of impressive. He kind of powered himself into it. You can see it in the highlights. It was a little bit, yeah, it was like Van Persie-esque from the 14 World Cup. You You're doing that? that thing when, like, people say, like, Sammy Najok is Manuel Neuer-esque. This like, goal was Jamie Vardy-esque. <laughs> it's like 20 levels between those players, but okay. Roughly. Uh, yeah. That's being generous, too. Right? Yeah. Uh, this is the Strikers' first ever win against the Railhawks uh, at Wake Mad Soccer Park. Uh, the previous history. iteration of the Strikers, right? History's made. Previous iteration of the Strikers, Miami FC had beaten the Railhawks here in 2007. So that's <laughs> pretty crazy. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Carolina announced that they're going to be playing against West Ham between the seasons in a friendly on July 12th. Yay. Get Yay. some of those Euro snobs in. Convert them to season ticket holders. You do that. West Ham and Railhawks. Also, the West Ham's going to go play the Sounders. So... <laughs> That's your West Ham is playing our teams in a friendly noise. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. I'm curious to see how that'll sound in the recording. Um, just, just one quick game note I just want to say. You know, people have said that strikers are fast players, and by people I mean me. Well, it turns out this game, finally, the strikers pace showed, and uh, the midfield was uh, where they kind of really owned the real And now they'll go back into hibernation for the rest of the spring. Let's find out. Okay, let's take a break here, Jeff, really quick, and we'll come back with the rest of the game, some Puerto Rico news and our predictions.
And welcome back to Tough Guts, everybody. I'm Notch. I'm Jeff, and we are pelting you with hot takes. Hot cake, hot takes, just like someone in a paintball matchup. Oh, my God. I was just going to say, I, I mean, you told me to talk about this on air, and I was just going to come in and say, like, casually, I'm going to a paintball game this weekend, Jeff. Now I just did, so respond is there anything <laughs> this is how scripts work is there anything else that you want to add about the paintball why no, i'm just gonna paintball, why paintball? Yeah. i'm actually excited because I, I went to paintball three years ago for a bachelor party I haven't been since and i'm going for a bachelor party again on saturday i think it's gonna be a lot of fun cool. but i can't hang out and do the grilling afterwards because i can't could I come and hang out with you losers at the and game. Be grilling anyway or are you skipping grilling altogether? actually this week i'm gonna miss the bus so i'm gonna be at the tailgate i'm not gonna come later i'm gonna grill so yeah, I will be grilling. You're a sad, sad man. You You're haven't told the me that you, you feel this way about you, my life yet. No. Well, uh, I, I think it's about time you know. Okay. Um, I don't really know how to segue out of this. So Indy was playing <laughs> against FC Edmonton, and they drew 1-1 in front of 7,415 Indianans. The world is falling. Indy's attendance. Oh, my God. How could it be so low? <laughs> Dude, Indy... Uh, Indy's undefeated. They are. They are undefeated, and it's kind of impressive. They did this last year, too, by the way, where they had that, like, record stretching back to 2014 through, like, halfway through 2015. Yeah, I... Good for you guys. Like, I mean, that's just it. You you don't need to win every game. You just shouldn't lose any games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they scored uh, their goal um, thanks to uh, a nice cross... That that bounced into the box from Nikki Patterson and hit Janik's foot, and he was able to knock it in. Janicky, say it after me. Janicky. Why didn't we type the e in then? It's an i. You you typed it. I no, didn't. But why isn't there an e? Janicky. No, you're right. I'm just wondering why we spelled this wrong. Uh, Janicky. I mean, stuck a foot out, hoped, ran into an Edmonton guy, still hit his foot into the net. Brilliant, classic goal. Uh, this one actually, this next one won um, play of the week, which J- Jake Keegan. Or is it Jack? I keep forgetting. Jake, Jake right? Yeah, okay, got it right, finally. Um, cr- there, was a, there was a cross from uh, Sidney Niasi, and there was a chipped header without looking like a shot, essentially, and went in. It sailed kind of rainbow over John Smith, John Bush. John Smith's. I was going to say, it should have been. <laughs> uh, so it was like, you said over here, well-played mistake. Yes, yeah. I think it was a very well-played mistake. Yeah. But that's all it takes. It really is. One touch and you set. Mm-hmm. By the way, the attendance was low. Seven thousand is low for Indy. They they're used to like nine and ten thousand, easy peasy. Uh, turns out the weather was pretty bad. There was mini Indy, which is the the race. the The Indians had a game that was um, one thousand less than the week before. As far as attendance, the night before, or I say. yeah, attendance percent of people caring about baseball. <laughs> Thousand percent. I don't know if you found a way to count that yet but uh yeah, it's tough. It was there was a bunch of other stuff including some graduations mother's day this and that this and that this and lots of excuses basically which i'm given their track record i'm inclined to give them a buy on this attendance Seven thousand four hundred fifteen. you're disappointed that's considering n- that they've been pulling like 9.910 that is still 20 times larger than the average cosmos game <laughs> so right right relative right, right. man Exactly. Uh, Jer Reynoso, high school dropout Jer who hangs around the parking lot. Jer. Uh, Star Wars character Jer, uh, Wan Kenobi, was, uh, he had a quadricep issue and therefore he was on the bench. He was injured, uh, which is kind of surprising that he wasn't playing. Ubi Parapovich did not look good in this game. He was kind of out of it, just not 
not looking like the effective player. And you said you couldn't even, you kind of forgot for a moment that he wasn't playing for the Fury before well, that's when less, I mentioned his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's just kind of a general rule of thumb. I'd like to think that I won't forget where Richie Ryan plays, but it takes a while for me to remember that, like, Ryan Richter, Tom Heineman, Ube Parpovich, they're not Fury players. Right, like, Sorry, which which essential Fury players from last year are not there versus the one that, which one hung around? Yep. Hayward, Howard, and yep. Guzman. Yes. Uh, Matt Van Ockel had a, just a great week. Oh, my God. Mm. Beautiful. He, in this game, decided to... He goes, sent the ball from a defender for just a quick clearance. Like, here's the ball from short range. Just boot it out. Instead, he kicks it straight to an Indy 11 player. Thankfully, he was able to make the save. Uh, unfortunately, in the midweek game where uh, FC Edmonton played Ottawa Fury and got defeated 3-0, by the way. So, that's the Canadian championship, the Voyagers kept. Mm-hmm. Ottawa just destroyed FC Edmonton. Yeah, One of the goals... Close. Yeah, was was Matt Van Ockel again sending the ball straight to an Ottawa player who then almost screwed it up, by the way, uh, but oh. not then. It was Rose Boom, I believe. Rose Boom. I, I don't know why. I just anytime you have Boom in someone's name, you need to shout it. Right. Exactly. You just own it, Notch. Let's try it. Boom. There you go. There Look at that. He's yeah. the, he's the next John Madden, everybody. I, I am. I am. Uh, hey, folks. Welcome. I'm John Madden here for the quick pop popcorn popper. That's a great Fuck, where did Notch sketch. go? Where did Notch go? <laughs> oh, it's Notch. Where'd you go, buddy? By the way, um, something kind of not happy and quite serious that did happen in Alberta this week was that um, there were wildfires in the state, particularly threatening the city of Fort McMurray, which was just a little bit north of uh, Edmonton. They actually played some of their games during the Women's World Cups in Fort McMurray. The entire city had to be evacuated. I believe, thankfully, the destruction isn't as bad it was as it was previously thought to be. They thought they were going to lose most of the city, but it's a little less than that. And But the whole city was evacuated. FC Edmonton, kudos to them, decided to do a perishable or non-perishable foods drive mm-hmm. at the Voyager's Cape Cup game yesterday, mm-hmm. which was donated to great causes. So I'm I'm really glad to see them step up and try to try to help and um, and yep and continue donating to the Canadian Red Cross as well. Yeah, please support. please do that. If you have extra funds that you'd like to donate to charity, right now is a great time to give to the Canadian Red Cross. I mean, these are real families that have lost their homes and yeah, real firefighters who have had to spend time um doing something very taxing. So please please help them out. Please yeah, help them out. Definitely. Um, to the next game, I suppose, uh, that would be Miami FC losing zero to three. Hey, we're retiring in Miami because that's what this game was. We are. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't used that trope. This is nice. So let's retire in Miami. And you know who else retired? The entire Miami lineup. Right. Seriously. This game, I don't know how much we can say. Miami were terrible in defense, uh, and New York were great and scored a lot of goals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Entirely unexpected. Nobody saw this coming. I mean, I did actually was hoping that it would be different but uh yeah you'd like to think miami can score at home right i predicted it was cosmos but you know i was my heart i was like please guys nope in -hmm. fact it was so bad that nestor went to the papers and essentially said i made a big mistake in my squad selections and recruitment and then here's a pile of cash and then logged into his wells fargo account on his phone and said 750 great i'm pretty sure actually he looked at the name and was like richie rich this is like that cartoon character that has like millions of dollars. We'll get oh, paid yeah. back for the, all uh, the money. <laughs> the Macaulay Culkin movie too. The, right, the, exactly. The live action, yeah. Richie Rich. Yeah, it was a comic book in like the 40s and 50s. Nestor is like an antique comic book collection fan. So he, you know, he he thought, Richie Rich, he'll pay us back. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, this it's is a like... a smart investment. How has nobody seen this? Or, or rather, how has nobody seen this? Uh, Nailed it. Right, I got it. Go Thank work, you. man. 
Um, on a more serious note, though, hey, Cosmos, you can stop winning now. Seriously. That's all right. Uh, yeah. We, I know that we asked you to win against Carolina. You did good. You fulfilled your promise. We're happy for you. Stop it. I was happy. I was having a great weekend up until when um, Louis from Cosmos Country tweeted out, Hey, guys, if we win this game, we'll be at the top of the table. And I was like, no. Yeah. This I mean, is not happening again. Minnesota still controls their destiny. If they win out, they win. Right. That's we, the fun part. We have a game in hand or something, right? We do have a game in hand. Yeah. So yeah. I... God, so annoying. Uh, it's, I think, maybe worth going over the table just really quickly. I will just breeze through it, like, super fast. Sure. Essentially, Cosmos are number one and Railhawks are number two. Both are tied for 12 points, but Cosmos goes... With six games played, Cosmos are up with goal difference. Minnesota has five games played and has 10 points. Um, Indy, FC Edmonton, Rowdies, and Rio are all between two points <laughs> within each other, so nine to seven. And then you've got Fort Lauderdale Strikers and Ottawa Fury both at five points, although Fort Lauderdale has a game in hand on the mm. Fury. Burn, Fury, burn. Act- actually, watching Fort Lauderdale, I would not have expected them to be mid-table, uh, which is where they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They They scored... One more goal against Carolina, three, than they had scored in all their games up to this point. Right. Two. Yes. So, it's surprising. And then finally at the bottom, we've got Jacksonville Armada and Miami FC. Miami has only two points after six games. So, question for you. Yeah. How feasible is it that of the five teams that are logistically in the bottom half of the table, Uh how likely is it that four of them are from Florida? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm serious. How, how in, in your opinion? Uh, like, if I had to guess before the season or, like, right now? Right now. Three out of 11, dude. Or three out of five are from Florida. Definitely three. Yeah. I'm right. wondering about Tampa. Oh, oh, I, oh, you're saying at the end of the year. Yeah. I could... Yeah, Tampa's, like, potential hasn't materialized. And I would say Rio is better than Tampa in my mind. So I could... Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see Tampa getting pushed into the bottom five. Yeah. I mean, and they might be sixth. Or no, seventh would get in bottom five then. Right. They're in sixth right now. Okay. So um, they're right on the edge. They're halfway. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see Tampa. They have not looked convincing. Although now they have Joe Cole. So everything's going to be different. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope their attendance is different. But um, by the way, uh, just also since it's here on this front page, top goal scorer in the league right now is Christian Ramirez with four. For Minnesota, mm-hmm. Ben Spees from here is at three. Uh, and there's oh, just a ton of people actually tied at three. And Nazmi Abadavi is in the lead for assists with four. There and, you go. There's a bunch of people with two. So, there right. you go. This is a little table update. Puerto Rico FC, we don't have to make up news about them again. No, they signed Rudy Dawson. <laughs> do we need to explain that? Listeners, do you get it? Nod your heads if you get it. Um, they're all shaking their heads, Notch. We got to talk course. about it. Of course we do. This is an interactive <laughs> podcast. We're really trying this. What do you think of this so far? I agree with you, Jake. All right. Uh, Rudy Dawson is 28 years old, and he is a defender. He played for FC Uruguay in Costa Rica. Not FC Costa Rica in Uruguay. Which is also a little bit like if there's a team in Mexico called America. Right. (laughs) Um, And he scored a goal that sent a team to the first division for the first time in 30 years. So he helped in a pro-rel battle, which means he's a natural fit. Right. Uh, Dead Westerwald is really happy. But, I mean, that is the kind of thing that makes you kind of a folk hero is the guy who scored the goal. Just like Fotis Bazakos, who kept the goal, called back the goal as the referee in the semifinal in 2014. I'll never forget his name. Or the plucky young American attacker who, against all odds, was able to make it to a World Cup. 
And then right as it looked as the team was going to get knocked out, scored in the 90th minute against Algeria. Goals and he always scores? And no, but that's the one time that we ever remembered the name Landon Donovan. Right, it was Donovan. See, I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused for a second. Okay, so Rudy Dawson, he's a Costa Rican youth international, whatever. Uh, Ramon Martel Del Campo, he's 22 years old, uh, center half. He can play as a center half, a right back, or as a holding midfielder, according to the release. He's on loan from Saprissa. These are the guys, I think, who were... Were they in the, the CONCACAF Champions League for a while or something? I think Saprissa was a salad that next girlfriend of mine tend to favor. Pretty sure that's ceviche, but... No, Caprizi. Sorry. Caprizi. Not Saprissa. That's a Caprizi salad. Sorry. <laughs> Which isn't really a salad. Can we talk about that? That's a bullshit... It's, it's like you throw some cheese, a tomato, and a leaf on your plate, and it's like, oh, that's a salad. I mean, yeah... Uh, I guess if you had more leaves, it would be acceptable to you, Salad Police. Like Anyway. I'm going to nickname you Salad Police from now on. I hope that catches. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, Del Campo joined the LA Galaxy at 18, and he was selected for the US U23s. No idea if he played. Yeah. And, and by the way, there's a photo of him playing a, com- a match of some sort, but I couldn't find any records of him having played any competitive matches. So um, the truth is out there. Mulder and Scully will find it. Boom. Right. And we move on to next week's picks. So because we didn't have any different picks, we're still three games apart. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm still leading, which is just incredible. You need to, Mr. Uh, Salad Police, you need to win this. Uh, the, this week? This isn't the, I don't need to win it this week. I just need to get one game a week, every other week, and I'm fine. Oh, you're you're playing the, like, um, like the long, long game. game. I'm playing the long game. You're playing this. the stra- strategic... Uh, He's changing my name right now to Salad Police. All right. On the notes, So yep. Ottawa, on their bye week, is facing off against a trip to a bouncy castle. Okay, explain that to me. Okay, have you ever seen bouncy castles? No. So, you know, like, they're, like, huge inflatable castles that are a staple at, like, I don't know, school Okay, okay, I know what a bouncy events, castle is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the okay. turf played like a bouncy castle. Uh... And so to celebrate getting a point against Minnesota, they're going to the bouncy castle. Okay. And I would predict that two players sprained their ankles. Bit of a pain joke, but I'll give it to you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, the first actual game this week is going to be Fort Lauderdale versus Andy. Um, oh, my God. I hate predictions like this where a team is just like punched way above its weight the week before and then you gotta like decide whether that was like something that will be repeated. Was it a one-off? Indy was mis- underperforming this week. Gosh, the way. I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go with the homer pick and I'm gonna do Indy. I'm gonna go Lauderdale then. Good for you. I need this. I mean, I hope... I, this is what happens. I make a pick and then I'm like, I hope Fort Lauderdale wins, guys. <laughs> um, uh, okay, next one. Yeah, come on. Carolina versus Miami. Are you kidding me? I've Carolina. got Carolina. Yeah. yeah. This is not the first game that Miami wins. No. Um, the next one, Tampa Bay is hosting against the Republic of Korea. Uh, which, by the way, they changed the acronym. If they, I, I'm pretty sure the first game they had it ROK, but now it's OKC. So. All right. Smart. Uh, I think this is going to go to OKC, actually. I think this is a... I think OKC have been doing well, and I think Tampa Bay have been underperforming. I think I think this is one where we can see OKC again, just keeping their heads down and pulling one through, even though it's at home to Tampa. From what I heard, Joe Cole is debuting this week, and I think that you're right, Tampa's underperformed, but they need to find their form at some point. I think this is the week they do it. Okay. This is for sure going to be the week that you pass me on the prediction game. Well, I need to pick another one different than you, and it's not going to be this next one, which is Minnesota hosting Jacksonville. Come on, Minnesota. All right. It's not even us being homers. Are you kidding me? They just lost their captain. Right. (laughs) And their best player. 
And yeah, same guy. Um, and then Edmonton versus the Cosmos. Are you going to force it? Are you going to force me to make a different pick than you? Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, my God. Do I want... Oh, my God. They just got walloped in, in, in the midweek game. You <laughs> know they'll come, come back with a vengeance. <laughs> You're going to pick Cosmos, aren't you? <laughs> You're shaking No, your... I'm not. You're kidding. I'm going to pick after you is what I'm saying. Oh, so you oh. have to pick first. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Edmonton. I'm going with the Cosmos! Screw you, man. Screw you. <laughs> so this week we'll People make... have evidenced this. They heard you do this. You convinced me. <laughs> I can't believe I talked you out of the Cosmos. No, you didn't talk me out of it. I actually wanted to go with Edmonton because Edmonton okay, has been able to pull results out of their butt. And I think this is one they have the potential of doing. Um, I think I've done enough homer picks this week that could have like... Actually, I keep saying homer. I mean like um, with the odds. I've made a lot of picks with the odds. This is one I think that could be a different result. Fair enough. I just see that that will be Edmonton's third game. Or that'll be their third game out of five games that are played within 15 days. If that makes sense. Yep, it does. So and I'm probably going to get it wrong. So. so they've got a lot of games and a very condensed schedule, so I, I would worry about them. But we'll see. We will see. We will see. So that's all we got, isn't it? It is all we've got. Um, so you can find us at TWO United Fans. Jeff, where can they find you on Twitter with all your breaking news? They can find me at Jeff Reuter, J-E-F-F-R-U-E-T-E-R. I am at Spock. You can find this podcast on iTunes where we want you to submit reviews and ratings. Please, please do that. Helps us people helps people find us. Same on Google Play Podcasts. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud, SoundCloud and Stitcher. Stitcher. I almost said Spotify. We are not recording not Spotify. Music they yet. don't do podcasts, do they? No, no, they don't. But our mixtape is dropping soon, and man, will you love it. And of course, send us your tweets and feedback and all sorts of good stuff. We love talking to you on Twitter. So have a great rest of your night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.